My name is David O'Kelly and this is the Capital Ideas podcast. Today I'm talking with Laura Dillon. Laura's from Waterland, a two billion pan-European private equity fund. Over the next 20 minutes or so, Laura's going to tell us how you can access capital from her fund. Laura, you're very welcome to KPMG. Can you tell us about the types of deals that Waterland wants to do? Well, thanks very much, David, and lovely to be here today. Um, so Waterland is a pan-European private equity fund. As you've said, uh, we have a couple of billion that we're looking to invest, and I'm really hoping that I can partner with Irish companies to help them scale their companies faster than they could do from their own internal resources. So what does that mean? That means Irish companies that are looking to accelerate their growth, um, and that's both through supporting their organic growth, but through international expansion and M&A. So we look to partner with businesses that um, are in markets that are growing, um, you know, a couple of percent per year, where, where their profits can get to at least 10% profit margins, and also where there's fragmentation and we believe there's consolidation to be done in the market. In terms of size range, we look for companies that make anywhere from three and a half million EBITDA upwards, up to about maybe 100 million EBITDA or so. Um, that's for what we call a platform investment. So in Ireland here, we have two platforms, one being Rytec, a fire safety business um, that was founded by, by the Wright family. And then we also have Silverstream, which is a nursing home group, which is led by Tom Finn. Um, but for add-ons to existing portfolio companies, throughout Europe, we now have 80 existing portfolio companies. And for, for those businesses, we're always looking for great companies to, to, to join those groups. So we've no size criteria when it comes to that. So even if someone's making maybe a couple of hundred thousand, then we'd love to chat to them about whether they could become part of our IT services group or whether they could become part of our, our healthcare business or, or digital agencies uh, consolidation that we're doing. So very much, you know, it's uh, businesses that are profitable, that are generating cash flow, but have the ambition to really scale and become part of something much bigger. And in those deals, does, does the founder, the person who set up the company, do they usually stay or do they, they exit and take their money and go off and play golf? Yeah, it's a good question, David. Um, in many instances, the, the, the founders actually do stay and continue with us as part of the journey. Um, you know, we can facilitate if someone does want to exit, we can arrange an orderly transition and that sort of stuff. But we do find that um, that we really like to partner with those um, kind of successful business owners to help them to continue to accelerate the growth of their company. Um, a, a couple of examples of that are, you know, uh, last last August, we partnered with um, Ted, Ted and Alan Wright, a family run company based down in Mullingar. Um, where they where they um, design, fabricate, and install fire sprinkler systems. Very very successful uh, business, headquartered in Mullingar, but but uh, supplying sprinkler systems into data centers, pharmaceutical companies throughout Europe. And um, since we've acquired uh, and partnered with 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 Ted and Alan, we've actually helped them to triple the size of their their business, both in terms of revenue and employees. They've gone from you know uh, over 25 million uh, revenue over, uh, to to about 80 million revenue at the moment, and that's over the course of a, of a 10 month period. So 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 we really like to help help management teams and support them to do that international growth and international M and A, where we can do a lot of the heavy lift on M and A. 
And did they come to you or did you identify fire as an as a important and interesting trend? Yeah, well, well, you know, it's a mixture, actually. So we, we do we do both. Right. So so we reach out proactively to Irish companies and we also get approached by Irish companies. In that instance, um, Ted and Alan had actually decided that they wanted to bring a partner on on board. So um, we'd, we'd heard that they were looking for investment. So we then we then went and, and spoke to them. And uh, luckily, over the course of, of, you know, about a nine month period, we were able to um, get 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 a partnership done. And thankfully, it's been very successful and we're all delighted with the journey that we're going on so far but you know I mean I think uh, I think it's it's really important up front to understand the kind of ambitions of the founders the management team uh, understand what they're looking to achieve and to be honest David you know sometimes we are the right partner and sometimes we're not the right partner and I think that's as much uh, that's as much for both the, the management teams as for us and it, we fo- we feel it's really important to have those conversations up front to see who whether you are aligned on, on a shared sense of vision um, and strategy and ambition for growth. And- I suppose if, you're, if I was to ask one of the investee companies, why would you, they say you are the right partner or, or why not? Why might they go somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think a lot of it of comes down to the people. Uh, chem- chemistry, rapport, trust it's, is a lot of what we do in our business. Um, at Waterland, we really pride ourselves on um, coming from an entrepreneurial background. Waterland was founded by Rob Thielen, a Dutch entrepreneur, and all of the senior people at, at Waterland, including myself and Donald McNicholas, our investment director here in Ireland, we've both run businesses. Um, I founded my own small uh, healthcare distribution company with my then retired father back in 2010, so in the heights of the last recession. And I think, um, I think throughout that journey, that's really given me a good understanding and empathy for all business owners and entrepreneurs. And that's true of everybody at Waterland. Donal has indeed, um, you know, run run a biotech business as well. So we've all been in the trenches. We've gone through. A, we understand, you know, the good times, but also the tough times. You know, setting up a, a healthcare distribution company in the recession last, you know, twelve years ago that was not easy. But I think it's uh, it's really given me a good understanding of what it takes to run a business. And I think at Waterland, we 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 understand what it takes to run companies but we also understand where we where we should get involved and where we shouldn't so for example we do not operationally get involved in the business we will support the management teams we'll help them to uh, grow their their management team should that be required but we'll really focus on both the strategy and the international expansion and also doing the heavy lift on acquisitions as well yeah i think that's an interesting point i think a lot of a lot of people with companies out there are are Concerned about the level of level of uh, of where the line is uh, and and where you might where you might be uh, seeking to do, which brings it into kind of how do how do how do the wider management get involved? So you have founders, but there's other people that make businesses uh, successful. How do they get involved with a private equity deal? Yeah, so 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 as you know, David, I mean, a lot of the time before uh, someone decides they want to partner with us, it's really important that the entire top team is uh, is involved, is bought into it, and ultimately, you know, that there's a good rapport and trust between everybody. So I think we will we will spend a lot of time making sure that we get to know the management team and that they get to know us because I think that's that's essential. So obviously during COVID that was difficult, right? Because you couldn't physically meet a lot of the time and Teams and Zoom are are great for efficient meetings, but they don't really help you to build that relationship. 
So we're delighted now that we're back out, able to, to, to meet companies all around the country. And I think from the broader management team perspective, um, you know, I think we see them as critical to being able to continue to, to build out the businesses. And yes, management incentive plans are also put in place in order to make sure that, um, that, that everybody gets to share in the upside. And if the business is successful, then everybody does well together. Do you usually replace management or expand the team or um, in, 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 indeed the contrary David right so um so 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 I'm very clear on you know I'm I, I'm here to run Waterland Ireland my job is not to run any of our portfolio companies so I need really strong um you know founders CEOs managers who ultimately you know we can support but ultimately that we're the ones backing them to make their businesses successful so I think indeed uh, what we actually find is you know um, that, that normally the management team expands because we really invest in growing businesses. We want to create more employment. We want to grow revenue. We want to expand internationally. So normally that means we need to expand the size of the team significantly. You know, if I take Silverstream, for example, um, we invested actually prior to me joining Waterland in 2019. That went through COVID. That was a challenging period for nursing homes. But we've now come out the other side. Um, when we invested, we had 350 nursing home beds. We now have over 750 nursing home beds. So in, in that instance, the size of the team has more than doubled. Um, for Ritech, the size of the team has more than trebled. And that's been um, both in, in Ireland, but also in the UK and, and up in Sweden. We've just invested in a new innovation and design center down in Mullingar so that we can really attract and retain uh, the, the designers and, and, and the, the fire specialists down in Mullingar. And indeed, <clears throat> for Silverstream, you know, we're really looking to continue to expand and indeed, you know, become one of the, the largest independent nursing home groups in Ireland. And that, that ability, I'm hearing, I guess, the, the ability to, to expand by acquisition is really, really important. Does that need to come from the company or does it come from you or is it, is it a mixture? Can you maybe yeah, it's very much a mixture. So I think what we always like to do is upfront have the conversations to see does that align with what the founders, the CEO, the management team want to do? I think if someone comes to us and says, you know what, we're not really on for that level of expansion, then we'll normally say, you know, listen, we think you've a great business and we understand what, why you might want to continue to run it that way. But we really want to support management teams and, and, and founders that do have that ambition to scale, to scale and to accelerate their growth through M&A. So we want to make sure that we do all have that shared ambition. What do we think we'll like, the, want the revenue to get to in a couple of years' time? What do we think we want the profits to get to so that there's no surprises? For us, transparency, directness, no surprises is, is really important. But I think then the way we execute on that is with the management team, we'll help to identify you know, which companies might be attractive in Ireland, which ones might be attractive in the UK, continental Europe. We have 12 offices in 10 European countries throughout Europe. So we have, you know, similar to the likes of Donal and myself, um, we have 100 people in all those offices that can literally go and talk to companies, can do research, can find the right opportunities. And um, ultimately, we'll do a lot of the legwork when it comes to them, but we will always go back to the, 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 the management team and the board to determine whether this fits our strategy, whether it doesn't fit our strategy. We find management teams have great relationships in their industries. They 
know which companies they would like to partner with and and which ones maybe they they, they don't feel are as good a match so we'll always um sit down and collectively agree which ones we we should try and target you know and see can we get them on board to join our group and if we can get them on board then we will then do a lot of the heavy lift in terms of the transaction so david will be dealing with people like yourself you know we'll be kind of doing the heavy lift when it comes to the finance the tax the commercial the the legal trying to make sure that the management team can continue to grow their company and ultimately you know they'll be involved in the strategy and the commercial element but we'll do the heavy lift when it comes to the actual execution of the transactions I'm, I'm glad you touched on finance actually there's a there's a perception out there maybe that private equity is all about getting as much debt into a structure and a lot of Irish companies don't you know have, have experienced having a lot of debt they don't they don't want to have a lot of debt and I appreciate it changes by fund uh, in terms of their, their own strategy can you tell us a little bit about Waterlands? Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think, you know, private equity um, by its nature does use some level of debt. Um, Different funds have different strategies, but I think it's true of ourselves and indeed nearly all the Irish indigenous private equity funds that we're all quite conservative when it comes to the levels of debt that we want to put into businesses where we and the other Irish indigenous funds are focused on growing companies. And we're aware that if too much debt goes into the company, that can constrain the growth of a business because ultimately we want to be investing in building out the management team, um, investing in working capital to be able to scale, being able to acquire other businesses. So, so, you know, it depends on the sector um, and it depends on what's the working capital there, um, how much assets is in the company. But I would say anywhere from kind of two and a half to four and a half times leverage is, is, is probably the typical uh, levels of leverage. Now, that is slightly more than some of the large PLCs who are maybe at two, two and a half times. But we will always very much um, look at what is the cash generation of the business and make sure that that, that the level of debt going in um, is more than covered by the cash generation of the company. And I suppose the good thing about a private equity firm like ourselves and indeed the other Irish private equity firms is, you know, we do have big balance sheets. We have the ability to um, put more capital in should that be required. Um, And I think that gives lenders quite a lot of um, confidence and it gives management teams a lot of confidence that this is the model. This is the way we always operate. But I think we are very, very um, aware that we do not want to over leverage companies. I myself have worked in private equity on and off uh, for 15 years now. I joined in 2007. I joined a UK firm called Apex Partners. So I've seen what happens in recessions. And I suppose I think anyone who's kind of come through the last recession is very cognizant of what that means. Indeed, when I had my own DSI distribution, my healthcare distribution company, I used invoice financing to help me scale that working capital. So I'm, I'm also very cognizant of what it looks like from a CEO's perspective and making sure that, that you're com- comfortable um, in the way that you're going to grow the company. Yeah, the, the nobody likes to talk about the, the days that aren't quite as as sunny, uh, but you know they, they, they certainly happen, and you need to be set up for them. What are the as as an investor, you have an obligation to to your own in, investors. Mm-hmm. What are the things you need to put in to to, to the agreements to, to protect yourself in the in those bad days? Yeah, well, I think I think you know, David, we're we're not naive, right? And having run having run my own company, I'm very aware of there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days, there's going to be challenges, and I suppose we we very much see it as a partnership with our management teams that we know every day is not going to be good, but what we're going to do is we're going to hopefully collectively work together on that, and I think in terms of you know. 
uh, protections. We want to make sure the management team is protected and that we are protected. So we will always, you know, um, uh, think about that carefully in the documents up front. But very much that's a two-way street. Indeed, I'm currently uh, this afternoon negotiating with a family-run um, company, and, and, and very much we know that it's got to work for them and it's got to work for us, and that protection goes two ways. Yeah, okay. Um, one, one of the other things we, we get asked quite, quite a lot by, by founders and shareholders is that you know, private equity or other investors, you know, they buy, they don't have any synergies, would I be better off just selling to trade? Would I get a better price? How, how is private equity competitive in those situations? Yeah, so I think I, I, I think a lot of the time private equity is a little bit misunderstood, I suppose. So I think, you know, for, for me, I really hope that, you know, I think some of, the, some of the other Irish guys have done a great job and there's been a lot of successful uh, businesses have come through private equity ownership. And I really hope that we can de demystify what it is. Private equity is very simple, in my opinion, you know. We, we kind of set out a strategy. We're very transparent. We're all very direct. We want no surprises, right? So I think it's, it's, it's about making sure that there is the, the kind of level of, of understanding that um, that helps everyone to uh, to figure out how how do we all collectively work together on this? Okay, yeah, thank you. You so you spent a lot of time in in private equity, fifteen years. O over that time period, you've seen, I guess, a, a, a cycle or two. Is there a favorite deal over that period? Ah, uh, David, I can't call out one specific deal, <laughs> but I've I've been very lucky that I have worked with and. I've, I've been able to support a lot of great management teams, um, both, both here in Ireland, but also in the UK and Central and Eastern Europe. And I think for, for me, it just gives me a, a great, great pleasure, I suppose, to really see the companies that I've partnered with go on to do great things and be able to, you know, create, create a lot more employment and be able to scale internationally. And, and for those founders, CEOs, families, really to see their legacy continue on and to continue to be built. So I think from from my perspective, you know, and having gone through it myself, where where I sold my small company, I just uh, I, I I I just think it's fantastic for for companies to go on a successful growth journey where you know we can help to support them and and really we do the heavy lift, we take a broad set of sh shoulders on things, and ultimately you know we of course provide capital, but hopefully we provide that level of of support to be able to help them scale internationally and buy other businesses and and take their business to the next level and I, so I can understand not naming uh, naming names and so on but are, are there are there common ingredients whether it's team or chemistry or sector that really just make up for really good deals yeah I think I, I, I think it's like most most things in life and I think as we get get older I think we all realize you know it's the people that we're working with are, are, are critical right yes you've got to have a, a good business in, in, in a good sector but I think you know I think the chemistry the trust the, the, the people that that's what ultimately you know I think is the biggest differentiator um, and when we talk about sectors you know I think um, I think I've done a lot in the kind of IT services, IT sector, I suppose, um, both here and internationally. That's obviously a very hot sector. But literally, you know, uh, Rytec and fire safety, you know, uh, Tom Finn, who's running our nursing home business. I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting uh, businesses out there from manufacturing. I indeed, I'm a chemical engineer. Donal, who works with me, is an a, a electrical engineer. I think we really like those engineering, manufacturing, um, pharmaceutical businesses. Really, Irish companies 
companies that are supplying into the large multinationals and are in that supply chain, I think is very, very interesting. But obviously, you know, healthcare and, and, and IT services are, are, are continuing to boom at the moment. So we really, you know, we want to talk to companies in pretty much every sector, I suppose, with the key criteria of, you know, management teams that have that ambition to grow where they are established, you know, they're generating good profits, they're generating good cash flows. Indeed, a lot of the challenge for us is, you know, they'll say to us, well, we're happy doing what we're doing. Why would we need to, to, to partner with someone like you? Mm. And I suppose our view is, you know, you might not need to partner with someone like us and you can continue doing exactly what you're doing at the moment. But if you have that, that ambition to really want to scale the company and accelerate the growth and, and, and drive it internationally and do M&A, then we may well be the right partner for you. But as I say, private equity is not for everybody and Waterland is not for everybody. Um. That's touch, you touched on just the, the, some of the sectors that are that are that are hot and that are going very well. Overall, are you ambitious about the M and A environment? You, how do you, how do you see the next few years playing out? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think obviously we're in a bit of a turbulent time at the moment. We've obviously just come through COVID. Um, we've unfortunately got got Ukraine. We've got now supply chain issues. Um, I think we've issues in China. But overall, I think I am still very positive about the M and A environment. Um, I think particularly when it comes to um, Ireland and private equity, I mean, I think there's still a huge opportunity there. Um, as you say, David, there's, there, there's, there's, there, there's quite a few people who still don't even consider private equity as an option. And I think we're very keen that at least people will consider private equity and, and talk to the likes of us or our other Irish peers. Um, I think one thing that is very important is, you know, people who are based here in Ireland and um, who have feet in the street, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, we're going to be around for the long term. Our reputation is very important to us. It's very easy to reference us. People can find out what we're like to work with. And I think uh, I think that's that's that, that, that's that's good for entrepreneurs um, to be able to do that. And I think that in terms of the deal environment, I think there might be a bit of um, uh, cooling in terms of the valuation, maybe a little bit. Um, but I think good businesses, um, there's still a huge amount of opportunities. And we certainly, um, I think last year was our uh, Waterland's busiest year ever. We partnered with over 150 businesses last year. Um, this year, year to date, we're probably on track to, to partner with a similar number. So I think, um, I think that we certainly see it as a very good time for uh, for companies to con con consider a, a, a transaction, I won't take the bait on an investor saying valuations might be cooling. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what I do want to do before we wrap up, with, with fifteen years' experience, you must have seen hundreds hundreds of deals over that time. Can you see tell me, from a from a, a seller's point of view or from the company's point of view, are are there common errors that you see or common issues that 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 arise that maybe could have been addressed if if handled differently? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you, you'll like this one, David. I mean, I think from our perspective, we always really like it when companies have good advisors on board. You know, um, that might sound a little counterintuitive, but from our perspective, we want to make sure that the company really understands what they're getting into and that they're well advised. And then equally, you know, we will have good advisors on our side of the table. And we think that that's that what makes for a good, good transaction. We think full transparency is really important, no surprises, making sure that people have done the right preparation. And what I would say is, you know, if there's something that you think should be disclosed, it's worth just disclosing that information up front. 
okay if it's going to surprise someone it's it's as well getting that out on the table early because during due diligence it's going to come up so the conversation is as well to be had early in my opinion but I think then you know and I think that really helps to build trust because you know we like to tell people exactly you know what are the good things what are what are the things you should be aware of and I think from a company perspective that that I think that's a, a really good philosophy as well to just be transparent be direct no surprises and then hopefully that helps for a, an efficient process I think a lot of the time you know transactions can take a long long time and uh, I think what we at Waterland probably comes from our Dutch heritage is you know we really like to say well let's tackle the big things first let's mm. let's make sure there's alignment on that let's let's make sure there's no surprises for you guys no surprises for us and then hopefully we can really get on to focus on running the company which is what everyone wants to do yeah I couldn't agree more with that sentiment hoping that a, a problem d- doesn't surface is not a strategy it's, no, uh, it just no. Creates you know it will come up in due diligence so it's as well yeah. to just get it out on the table early on Laura, that's been really excellent. I have a final question for you. Just anything you want to leave with our, our, our listeners on you know, why they should consider private equity and, and why Waterland? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, I am always very keen to, uh, to, to, to chat to all Irish businesses and, and, and entrepreneurs. Um, and I would encourage businesses to, to do likewise. I think private equity, it is not for everybody, but it is a good option for a lot of companies. And I think at least understanding what it's about, I think, is, is really helpful. I would encourage um, Irish business owners to really consider uh, talking to private equity firms think about whether you want an Irish private equity firm you know all of us who have offices here who feet in the street you know we can be well referenced I would encourage business owners to talk to CEOs and and founders who have actually you know partnered with private equity in the past and see what it's like um, because I think that helps to give a good understanding and um, I would say you know I think uh, if you're looking to expand internationally and uh, maybe do that through 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 acquisitions or want to understand what that could look like um, you know we at Waterland but also all the Irish private equity firms are, are, are I'm sure very happy to speak to you Laura I've really enjoyed our conversation thanks very much thank you very very much David